0: This episode is brought to you by the generosity of our listeners. Relationships matter. That's primarily what God has us on earth to do. We're not to be about ourselves, we're to be about other people.
1: That's Kathleen Cook, Hollywood woman of influence. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast
0: with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to
1: life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Nasati. Hello and welcome to another action-packed, I say action-packed episode <laughs> of the Bold Idea Podcast. This is Larry Gates along with
2: Armin Asadi. And are we goosed up or what? Yeah, I mean, people are going to be expecting sounds of explosion in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger we'll, in. we'll save all the special <laughs> effects.
1: You know, what can we do here? Uh, no, or I'm not going to even do any special effects. <laughs> we just want to say thank you for being a part of this program. We have another exciting guest Joining us today, Kathleen Cook. She is a media executive, an actress, a writer, a speaker. She's the founding partner, along with her husband, Phil, who we've also had on the program of Cook Pictures, where she oversees the casting and is creative director for all the major projects. She founded and directed the Christian Women in Media Hollywood. She now leads and inspires women involved in media and entertainment through their nonprofit, The Influence Lab which is focused on redefining Christian media strategies in the digital age. And Kathleen speaks globally, and she edits the monthly Influence Women's Journal. She is an author of her upcoming book, Hope for Today, Staying Connected to God in a Distracted Culture. We want to welcome on the program Kathleen Cook.
0: Thanks, you guys. It's so fun to be with you guys this afternoon.
1: Well, you know, ever since we interviewed your husband and, you know, we really know where the power of the relationship goes, both Armin and I have really married up. I'm so glad
0: you recognize that. And we
1: just assumed that Phil has married up as well. So we just were really delighted to have you on the program and have been looking forward (laughs) to hearing from you. He married way up. (laughs) You know, I had a friend who said that to my son, you know, your dad really went to, you know, reached on the top shelf to get. Your wife and and I said no, that's not at all right. I couldn't reach the top shelf where she was at. I had to shake the shelf until until she fell in my lap. You know? oh,
0: that's a good one. Yeah, I love that one. So Kathleen, you're,
1: awesome. you are involved in just a ton of different things. I mean, we've had guests on our program who've just mentioned you and have have seen you as a mentor and a a real leader and a really a tour de force among women in Hollywood. I pay them a lot. (laughs) Let's unpack this a little bit because you're a founder along with your husband of Cook Pictures. Tell us what that's all about.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I started out as a young child um, growing up in Las Vegas, Nevada, and kind of a crazy place to grow up in the 60s and 70s when I grew up there. There were five high schools when I graduated. Now there are 52 in Las Vegas. So not the city I grew up in. Wow. My favorite thing growing up was an outdoor trash can that my mother had filled with costumes from thrift shops and flea markets that I could use as costumes to make my make myself into a character and create my own plays. But you didn't go to Vegas to watch a play or see a symphony <laughs> no. or you know anything in the arts that didn't exist there growing up. So I never really thought about really making a living as an actress i gotta uh, stop
1: you for a second because my curiosity is gonna kill me i'm just wondering because you know we used to have one of these little chests of all kinds of costumes for our kids as well that they cut they'd they'd pull out and i'm imagining this big trash can with that for you what was your favorite i'm just kind of curious as a little girl what did you always come back to as your favorite character to enter into
0: well, it just depended on what I was watching. You know, when The Sound of Music came out, I you know, I wanted to be, you know, one oh, of yeah. the, the children in <laughs> The Sound of Music. Oh, okay. And when My Fair Lady came out, I was Eliza Doolittle. And you know, so, sure, okay. so everything I watched affected me and everything sure. I read, I was one of the little women, you know, I was Nancy Drew. So <laughs> whatever I was reading at the time, I would create my own stories
1: oh, from. That's great.
0: So anyway, yeah, it was was an interesting life growing up. I met my husband, Phil, at Oral Roberts University and became a teacher, actually, for many years. And that's a long story that we don't have time for today. But long story short, when I stayed home to be a stay-at-home mom and raise our kids, I got really bored. And Phil said to me, go do something you've always wanted to do. And I had done a bunch of photography modeling and runway modeling for a while, for a bit growing up in my teens and early 20s. and so I kinda of went back into that and then just said, you know, I'm gonna try this acting thing. And the first class I took, it was like I had found
1: you got the, the river bug. of
0: life. You, you got, got the
1: book. <laughs> like, oh now, my gosh. Was there much Where call was there much call for <laughs> runway modeling in Tulsa, Oklahoma?
0: Not a whole
1: lot, no. <laughs> so when, how, did you, how did you funny. get from Tulsa? Well, to- funny,
0: my first agent found Amber, Amber Valetti, which is one of the top supermodels of all time. And she came from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. And was the same agent that I had. So there was a few things going on in Oklahoma and enough that I could do with, you know, the little bit of knowledge and input that I had there. So So did you start uh, your
1: acting career there then, or did you go to Hollywood to do that? Okay. Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. I did. I started taking classes at Oral Roberts University again, took a bunch of theatrical classes there. They had a small community theater in Tulsa that I worked with. And of course, Linda Lehman was my agent then at the time in Tulsa. And she still is an agent from what I know of today. And she'd send me out on commercials. And so I just started doing it.
1: That's great. And then so at some point in time, you and Phil decided, well, you married Phil there and you, you raised start, started to raise a family. Yeah. You raised guys two. decided to go to Hollywood to start Cook Pictures or did you do that in Tulsa?
0: No, we actually started our business in Tulsa before we left. And in 91, God moved us to Hollywood. We had two girls at the time, one seven and one three and a half. And I got them settled in a little preschool program and in school and immediately started taking theatrical classes in Hollywood full time and started working on my career and became a Screen Actors Guild actress in a very short time. I mainly focused on a lot of commercials, mainly because I could, at the time, back then, big stars didn't want to do commercials. It was beneath them. And so there was a lot of money to be made to be able to go in and shoot for a day. And you got residuals, had a lot of fun. And Phil was traveling the world at the time also. We were building our business and our production company. So it allowed me to raise our family and work at home and do what I love to do.
2: So what is Cook Pictures all about? What do you guys do?
0: (laughs) Well, that's a big question too. We primarily consult with some of the larger nonprofits ministries around the world, as well as do production work from commercials to feature films. We just finished... This past year, executive producing Let Hope Rise, which is the Hillsong film that was out. We had The Insanity of God, which is the Nick Ripken movie in theaters. Currently, we're working with the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. that's opening in November. We've worked with everyone from helping Joel Osteen launch his program to Joyce Meyer and working with her and Retooling her program and getting her going in, into a very international following now, and God's blessed us in many, many ways. Working with many mega churches, we have a pretty eclectic clientele, and God's blessed us with, and we feel very honored to be in that arena.
1: Well, you know, you have, as we mentioned earlier, you have been cited by many as a source of inspiration for the many women who look to you as a role model and a mentor. And I'm just curious about your journey to Hollywood and, you you know, your own mentoring that you received and how did that work for you? and, And perhaps talk about why is it that you have such a heart for mentoring women?
0: Yeah, well, that's a great question. In 91, when we moved here, Christians were, for the most part in Hollywood, what we call in the closet. It was very scary to step out in your faith because it would many times cost you your job. And to some degree, that is still the case. Christians in Hollywood are viewed very cautiously by many people just because of the morals and the, the choices that we have made as Christians, and that seems threatening to people, seems, seems negative to people. And so even today, we're cautious about how we approach others with our faith and considerate of others. You know, I can tell you story after story of, of times I was on the set, you know, and having to face various circumstances with my faith. But the bottom line was, we started working with Hollywood Presbyterian Church, who had a group called Intermission at the time. It was kind of the first outreach that was being done to gather Christians who worked in Hollywood together. And from that, a group came out that I helped found called Hollywood Connect, which allowed young Christians who were coming into the business to be able to connect with Christians who are presently working in the business. Mm. And then from that, Hollywood Prayer Network was birthed. I'm on the board with that. And went on to work with Biola University and their and Media Arts Department, mentoring their young students and directing the Biola Media Conference. And during the time I was directing it from 2008 to 2011, myself and our co director, Peggy Rupel, we grew it to being the largest conference for Christians working in secular entertainment in the country. Over 700 people attended the one day conference on the CBS studio lot. So God had me doing that and then went on to found Christian Women in Media at CBS Studios, which is still in existence and doing well, and the Ascend Women's Conference also a few years ago. I worked on that for about four years and founded that conference. And presently, God's had us direct us to what Phil and I are really passionate about right now, and that's our own nonprofit called the Influence Lab. So someone can visit that at influencelab.com, and out of that grew Influence Women, which is the women's group now that I direct in here in Hollywood. And that that group is really a specific group. It consists of a worldwide group of women who follow me on a monthly newsletter, and they can sign up for that at influencelab.com/slash-women. That's a monthly newsletter that connects women in media, actually worldwide, together in thought and culture, and media, and and faith. And then I do quarterly gatherings that are invitation-only gatherings that gather women together in thought. I believe that we are given gifts and talents and tools as media people working in media and in entertainment, and that uh, God gives us those things not just to help us survive and to pay our bills, but to actually do something with that we can influence culture in the world with. And media, of course, is the number one way our world communicates today. So it's been a real passionate part of my life, specifically with Influence Women and building that group right now.
2: You referred to some stories while you were on set that was kind of a catalyst to all these things started. Could you maybe share one of those stories?
0: Yeah, sure. One story in in particular is I had a top PR publicist call me out of the blue one day I had uh, gone on an audition and his assistant called me and said I'm not going to tell you his name it's just it I don't, I don't want to divulge too much but he he said that he'd seen my audition was very impressed with it and was considering taking on some actors and would I come in and interview with him to see whether or not he you know we w- would make a good connection as far as him being a publicist for me. He'd never taken on any actresses. He had done other things. He was actually, at the time, Dodi Fayad's publicist for him. He was at that level. So I went into interview with him. And the first thing he asked me was, so tell me about yourself. And so I said, well, I, you know, at the time <laughs> i said, I've been married 22 years. I have two daughters. And he's went, whoa, 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 wait, you've been married how long? And I said, I've been married 22 years, you know, laughingly saying, I, you know, I know I can't believe it either. And he said, wow. He said, you know, I've worked in Hollywood all my life. And he said, I'm about ready to divorce my third wife. <laughs> and he said, that is the number one thing I've always wanted is to have a successful marriage. How have you done that in Hollywood? He said, You're, you know, your husband's a producer, I'm a director. And I said, yes. He said, well, how do you do that? And I stopped for a second, you know, that's that aha thing where God says, okay, I've brought you here for a reason, (laughs) not because it's for you to get at this next new job or to have him, you know, be your agent, but I've brought you here for a different reason. Mm. And are you going to take it or are you going to put yourself first? Mm. And I said to him, I, you know, it's one of those moments you just go, okay, God, you know, you've given me my talents and my skills and, and tools. And this is why I'm here. Hmm. And so I said to him, you know, matter of factly, I said, well, you know, I learned to trust in someone greater than me. And I learned how to be committed to the God of my life to the Lord Jesus Christ early on in life and by committed to him early on in in my life, I learned how to commit to a man on earth. Mm. And it was through the commitment that I had with God first that I've learned how to have a successful, affluent, and a contented life with a husband here on earth. And for the next two hours, I sat there and we talked to this man. The next few days, uh, Princess Diane was killed in the Paris tunnel. Mm-hmm. And he took off with all of that. And that was never heard from him again. <laughs> oh, wow. But, you know, I feel like that was where I was supposed to be at, at, at that right time.
2: Yeah. Planted a big um, seed there. Yeah. Have you connected yep. with him or heard from him since or know where he's up to now? Or
0: You know, we've kind of run into each other at some Hollywood events from time to time and said, hello. But he never did take on, from my knowledge, any actors or actresses. I think he just got involved with some of the bigger clients that he deals with. Did he you know, remarry? I continually pray for him. I've seen him actually at, at several of the faith-based events as well. So right. I know that, that God, God planted something there yeah, with him, and I know that will be used someday. Maybe I'll find out.
1: That's great. Well, you know, you went through quite a long list of things that you are involved in, have founded, have worked on, and I'm like sitting here thinking, Kathleen, are we talking to one person here or did she have several lives or how, how did she yeah. do all that, right?
0: Well, you, I tell people what hour of the day they want to know about because I have to put on a different
1: hat. Yeah, and I love that. And, you know, I love talking to high energy people. But Kathleen, I'd like to understand what makes you tick. As a mentor. I mean what is the what is the driving force for you? Why is this such a compelling mission for you? Because it's clear that you have a heart for this.
2: Right. Even Sherry Rigby said there's very few women in Hollywood that are willing to mentor any other women and you are one of the very few that she was willing to name. And she said that you're one of the, you know, most inspirational people. And I don't know, your name just seems to come across quite often in terms of mentorship of women in Hollywood.
0: Well, I just know from my own point of view that relationships matter. That's primarily what God has us on earth to do, is we're not to be about ourselves, we're to be about other people. And that's why Jesus came to this earth. He came to mentor us, and we are to follow him. And if, if that's was his biggest desire, is to mentor us, how do we could live on this earth, then that's what we ought to be doing with others. I love people. I tolerate people
2: sometimes. (laughs) 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 Either
0: a saying that as I love people, I also tolerate them. (laughs) But we're valued by God, and I value the people around us. I want to learn from other people. I want to know about other people. I want to experience things that they experience to see life through them. Certainly, Phil and I have been blessed with visiting hundreds of countries I can't even name them all. I've been to eight already this year alone. And and I know with each person I meet, God has such a wonderful fingerprint of His love and His grace and mercy where He has them. And so I find that it's in giving back to other people and knowing them and how you can serve other people that God allows your life to flourish so abundantly. And that's the secret, I think, more than anything else, is seeing the beauty of God in other people Mm. and how our stories can melt and blend with other people's stories for the benefit of the whole kingdom, period.
2: Did someone see the beauty of God in you and mentor you as you were breaking into modeling in Hollywood?
0: (laughs) Oh, many, many, many people. And many people today I look to in doing that. One of my closest friends is also one of my pastors, Kim Dore who was a talent agent here in town. I look to Ralph Winter, who executive produced Planet of the Apes and Fantastic Four and many, many films, men and women here. Karen Covell, who runs the Hollywood Prayer Network, is a dear friend and mentor in my life.
1: And we have and, Karen on our <laughs> podcast as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's these men and women in my life that have so influenced me and even down, not just even to men and women, but even children. You know, I, I'm a new grandma at, at this point in my life. And I watch how at the birth of my first grandchild, God tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'm going to show you things about myself through this child that you've never seen before. And I believe that, again, as we look at other people, we intersect our lives with others' lives that no matter what their age, they all teach us something about who God is, and we learn more deeply of who he is for our own benefit and for the benefit of others.
1: I'm sure through all of the successes that you have had in building these mentoring programs, these businesses that you have, all of the film that you've been involved in, it's just it's tremendous long list of successes, but I'm guessing there's an equally long list of challenges that you've gone through as well, and to get there along the way. Am I right about that?
0: Oh, always. There are, there <laughs> are challenges every single day, You know, I've just finished writing my first book. It's a devotional, actually, called Hope for Today, the number four, actually, Hope for Today, mm-hmm. Staying Connected to God in a Distracted Culture and i wrote that book primarily because of the center for bibles engagement's eight year study of 100,000 people who said who came to the conclusion that if you are not personally engaged in the bible four or more times a week you will make no significant choices or changes any different from someone who never reads the bible and so yeah. that information alone propelled me into a new challenge of actually sitting down and and spilling stories and insights and things that God has shared with me and I've learned from him all of my life to help inspire those people around me to open the word of God, how important it is to do that. Mm.
2: So I, I heard it referred to as a Christian meditation book. Is that correct?
0: That's correct. Yes. So many times, you know, the word devotional turns people off these days. And so we've kind of coined it, it's a devotional, but a Christian meditation book, because part of the reason I wrote the book is to not just read the Bible, but to engage with God. My hope is that when people read the Bible, they don't see me, they don't see the stories, but that just kind of draws them in to be able to see God and to engage with Him. And so it has a journaling aspect to it. It has questions and things to do that will engage the reader and will call them to an action, something that they can actually do or think about at the end of each of the entries. So I hope that that will, will be encouraging to those who find reading the Bible, you know, it's the reasons people do not engage in the Bible is because they're either too busy or they're too distracted. And trying to do a seven-day devotional for most people is overwhelming in our culture of Distractions. We are distracted by thousands of media messages a day and overworked schedules that we don't even get completed in one day. And so we try to complete what we didn't complete yesterday today. So this is a way of engaging in the Bible four times a week that will help you stay connected and actually, I believe, change the culture in the world around you and your choices that you make.
1: How do you personally keep yourself? from becoming overly distracted and keep yourself centered in the word?
0: <laughs> Besides nailing myself into a closet, you mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there are four of you from what I can tell. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's a choice. Every day we have a, a choice of how we're going to spend our time. Phil and I stay very busy, as you can hear and, and understand. And I schedule my time. I know that those days that I have to get up to, to catch a 7 a.m. flight at LAX, which means I'm up at 3:30, 4 o'clock in the morning to make it across town that time of day, because it's there's lots of traffic that time of day mm-hmm. to get to LAX. So I know that I'm not going to have time that day probably to open my word and really engage with God a whole lot, other than to say a few prayers and you know and engage in a small thought, a small communication with the Lord. It's interesting that the the, uh, research did show that praying didn't really significantly change our lives. It's a one-way conversation. It was only when we personally engage in the Bible, we open that Bible and actually have God speak back to us through it, and we learn and read and understand through His Word how to apply that in our own lives, that our lives actually changed. My thought is, I know I can schedule in four days a week. I know I can do it four days a week. And I figure out what are those four days? You know, I I, I have an exercise plan that I do. I have a Bible reading plan that I do. I have time that I know I'm going to schedule with my children and my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So I just... Put it into my schedule and make sure I get it done every week. So it just it's funny like once it's you do, you, you end, end up doing it more. <laughs> you want to do it more. I mean, trust tell you, it, it it's addicting.
2: Yeah, yeah. It just uh, sorry, I, I was uh, pretty borderline cutting you off there. I was just sounding like you're saying that if it's not scheduled, it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. In our schedules today, it doesn't happen. We don't schedule it. Yep.
2: There's a lot of women that listen to this podcast. And one of the comments I just saw that we got was somebody just saying how grateful they are that we are bringing on women that are not only leading, but they're, you know, breaking into arenas that other women haven't, and they're just inspiring them. And so I I just wanted to open it up to you to speak to them and just inspire them with any advice that you may have for them. And even if it's not advice, it's just pure motivation or inspirational quote.
0: Yeah, well, that's a wonderful comment. And I, I try to live my life the way God would want me to, of course, we all try to do that. And we find ourselves saying, you know, we can't do that because as hard as we try, we are living in a broken world, a broken world that's suffering, a broken world that we can't get out of. And the only way we can get out of it is to engage in Bible study and in prayer. Like I said, I think the statistics tell us that about 57, 58% of us, believe in prayer and pray daily, actually. But most of us still continue to go on living our lives as we always do. We don't change. And because prayer will connect us to God, it's helpful. But it doesn't allow us to change. The only way we we are able to change is for us to actually engage in conversation with God. And that means it's a two-way conversation. I believe there are two ways God speaks to us. God speaks to us through His Word, primarily through His Word. But He also speaks to us through nature. And, you know, of course, the New Age movement has gone kind of crazy in that direction and and off, off base in many ways, only focusing on nature. But, and I don't agree with that, but I do believe that sometimes just being quiet, spending that quiet time where you are, you know, if you can get away into a wonderful mountain setting or desert setting or whatever place that can actually inspire you from a natural point of view and see God's nature around you and the way he's created us, it all flows together and allows us to open our spirits up and our minds up and our hearts up to who we are and how he wants to speak to us. I love women. I love the fact that we are more emotional than men. <laughs> and I say that lovingly. <laughs> we opened the, the conversation today talking about my husband, Phil. And one of the things I love about mentoring with women is, and men both, is helping them understand that we're not to compete with each other, but we are to complement each other. And I believe God made women to complement men here on earth as a way of showing His feminine side of Himself. I believe the Holy Spirit in many ways is a feminine side of of the Godhead in that His Spirit, we have this Spirit that flows through us of discernment women have, of emotions. And that certainly comes through with the Holy Spirit. This is the Bold Idea Podcast.
1: I mean, this is a special episode in my heart because not only the topic, but we have the generosity of our listeners that are making this possible.
2: That's my favorite sponsorship so far. If we could get... Our podcast, sponsored by our listeners, every time it would make my day because there isn't a greater compliment that we could possibly receive than that.
1: Totally. And, you know, we love our business sponsors as well. But there's something when you as an individual decide, hey, I'm going to invest in this because I'm getting something from it.
2: That's right. And this is a passion project for us. It's not like we get paid for this. So, anytime we see people investing in us, it means the absolute world to us. So, thank you so much for doing this. And if you want to see this continue to happen, please just go to boldideapodcast.com forward slash donate and make your investment there.
1: And this is a tax deductible contribution. <laughs> Kathleen I'm curious as the uber mentor that you are to women if you were to mentor your younger self hmm. after graduating from college perhaps and entering into this new life and you know with all the unknowns that lay before you what would you what would you have said knowing now what you know what would you have said to your younger self back then <laughs>
0: Well, lots of things. And, you know, I'm still mentoring a lot of college students today. And there'll be probably three or four things I would say. I'd say, number one, to surround yourself with smarter people than you are. We are careful about The people that we eat with at restaurants and and hang out with as friends, we need to be careful about the people that we bring into our lives in business relationships and to surround ourselves with mentors and other people who have been successful, not only from a business point of view, but from a life's point of view. I would also say that we need to be comfortable in, in change around us. I've certainly grown up, like I said, back in the 60s and 70s, and life today and, and the industry and the work way we work in it has greatly changed. And to find those, those places in which we are stubborn about changing and talk to God about how we can go about making those changes, we all need to collaborate with people and exchange ideas I think sometimes we see a lot of young Christian people who come to Hollywood who are afraid of Hollywood because they've heard about all the evil that lies within Hollywood. And there is a lot of difficulty and challenges here in Hollywood, but there's a lot of great Christian people working in Hollywood today. You know, I would say to be comfortable with change and not be afraid of that, not being afraid to fail I mean, certainly I failed throughout my life in so many ways, but it was how I learned to do things, too, and moving on through those failures that actually got me to the next level. Mm. So those would be maybe three areas in which I'd say to a young person and and to myself, if I was in a younger position, to think about more, more deeply.
1: You know, those are good principles at any age I think you know because all of us I think sometimes the older we get the more resistant to change we become yeah uh, so thank you that's that's awesome well Kathleen I'm sure our listeners would like to learn more about you where can they find you
0: Great. I'd love to connect with them as well. They can connect with me at kathleencook.com. And cook has an E on the end. Some people call us cookie, (laughs) but it's not cookie. It's cook. So it's C-O-O-K-E, kathleencook.com. I'm also can be found at influencelab.com and at cookpictures.com. I'm on Twitter at KathleenRCook. And Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are all the same, Kathleen R. Cooks. Connect with me. I'd love to have your listeners sign up for my Influence Women's Journal every month. I have a lot of men that sign up for it too, believe it or not. All right, and love to stay connected.
1: That's great. Well, I just did a little finger count here, so there are seven of you, I think. I figured that out by (laughs) by where you are all located. So, Kathleen, thanks for being on the program again. What a what a blessing to have you on, and and as kind of a counterweight for Phil. And you know, you guys are just ministering together and working together, and have so much insight about what's going on. I know we could keep talking forever, but we will have all the links that you just described in our show notes so that our audience can get to that really quickly and then get to you and learn about all the stuff that you're doing. But I just want to thank you again for being on our program.
0: Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Armin. And I might add one more thing. I'd love your readers dial in and do a pre-order of my book. Hope for today.
1: Yeah. We'll have the link for that as well.
0: Great. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you, Kathleen. Awesome to have you.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Well, Armin, that was the better half. Kathleen Cook, better half of Phil Cook. Yeah, when he had Phil In multiple on. halves of yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he's married to how many women? Did we figure out it's seven? eighths <laughs> of Phil Cook.
2: There's an eighth that's Phil, and then the other seven eighths is Kathleen. <laughs> you know, for our listeners,
1: if you haven't had a chance to listen to the episode with Kathleen's husband, Phil Cook episode 23 and that was a great episode as well but it was good to have this is actually i think the first time we've ever had a husband and wife appearing on the program at least it's two separate it's two separate podcasts which yeah. is kind of fun
2: it is good it's cool to see a dynamic of a couple even though they're separate you can you can imagine what it's like to have them together and how dynamic it would be. It's a powerful duo I right think there. a dinner with these guys would be
1: just great. But, you know, <laughs> there's something kind of twisted inside of me that actually kind of maybe wants to play the newlywed game with them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting to see how that happens. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I think it's it takes a lot, I think, for a couple to be working in the same business. And these guys, I, I just get a real sense of, incredible amount of energy yeah geared at this mission that they have i think there's they say their mission is to help others make their mission you know it's yeah. it's to it's to engage their mission so i just love the energy that both kathleen and phil, phil have toward their their their
2: calling yeah, I together can't, as yeah, I a couple sleep much. well
1: no you know Totally not. But let's let's talk about some of the things that we can take away from this.
2: Well, before we get into takeaways, I didn't get into this because I thought it might be awkward, but you know how she was talking about that story when she met with that publicist? Yeah, right. Okay, my head immediately went, the whole time I was just waiting for it, because I assumed that she got propositioned for sex. Yeah. <laughs> and I... I don't. Know, there's something mentally wrong with me. No, I think I was kind of expecting uh, the same kind of setup. You yeah, know, this is Hollywood, what, yeah. and this is what happens, that's right? What I, was yeah. like, I was like, it's Hollywood. Of course, that's where it's gonna go. Yeah. It just didn't go there at all. I was like, wait, wait, wait. wait. I wanted to stop. We were like, wait. Are we talking about the same story here? This is this is a ministry moment. You preached to him. You know, maybe <laughs> all that tells
1: us Armin is we've been watching too many
2: movies, <laughs> or we have a, just a really skewed vision of Hollywood. Yeah, maybe maybe they're. Annoying. Normal people there too, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, she—the way it was set up, you know—I'm divorcing from my third wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, and what was, are you doing for dinner, right? Yeah. That's kind of what you kind of expect to have yeah, happen. Not to go where I always thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, well, so if any of you listeners also have had that thought, then maybe we can take some comfort. And if not, then we are outliers.
2: Yes. <laughs> That's a polite way of calling the outliers. Thank you. Okay,
1: so let's go to takeaways.
2: Oh my God! All right, so my five main takeaways from her was Mentorship, collaboration, exchanging ideas, two-way dialogue with God, and schedule your spiritual goals, or nothing will ever happen. (laughs) Boom! Uh, Thank you for listening to our program. (laughs) All right, so let's let's unpack that. So, I would say, I think the thing that I think ties it all together is that she constantly talked about relationships, regardless how you viewed what she was talking about, whether it was cook productions getting started, mentorship in her life, the people that she's mentoring the idea of exchanging ideas the two-way dialogue is a relationship with god scheduling her spiritual goals that's still a relationship with god everything if there's yeah. a thread that ties them all together yeah. it was relationship that is
1: that is the meta narrative here right. i absolutely agree with you and at the end she said you know her advice to young people and to herself if she were a young person again is to surround yourself with people right. who are smarter than you right you know, and in, as soon as she said that, I thought about the Jim Rohn quote. He said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, and I get the impression these people really do think, I mean, both Phil and Kathleen are spending their time with some people mm-hmm. that are a pretty high average, right? Yeah. I mean, five is probably a very low number for them. But. So
2: you know, I, I feel pretty good here. I upped my average for, you know, we both upped our average in the last 30 minutes yeah. talking to Kathleen. I hope so. I feel like my influence should go up just from having a conversation with her. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. See, we can we can walk away and you know
1: and watch it deteriorate over time. And I'm gonna interview her again. <laughs> there we go. We're At least until it. the next week and our next yeah. guest, right? Yeah,
2: so, Kathleen, we would just like to continue to use you for our own sake, yeah. <laughs> just to increase our relational IQ.
1: <laughs> but I that you know we're, we laugh, but really, Armin, I think you did hit the nail on the head here. You know the the it, it almost sounded sacrilegious when she said it. You know, prayer doesn't doesn't do much for you, doesn't create much change. I'm sitting here going, okay, well, let's just cross that off the list. <laughs> but I mean, I do think what she really means by it is that it has, and when she said it, it has to be bi-directional, you know, mm-hmm. and you get that from the word. And, and it's, you know, when she said that, it's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's absolutely right. And you and I have both, I know have had those times where reading the word and we just get hit with a big speed bump, you know, and yeah. that just happened to me this last week. Well, 10 days ago, <laughs> because I was going to preach at a church this weekend, and I had my message all outlined eight weeks ago until yeah, yeah. I read the word every day I do. But about 10 days ago, I read Psalm ten one, which says, why, oh Lord, do you stand so far off? And it's like, oh, man, that just kind of like a, you know, just a big speed bump. You just stop. You know, that's like, that was for me. (laughs) And now I have to redo, uh, actually throw out the whole message and do a whole new one again. You know, so I really do applaud Kathleen's passion in writing this book that she's writing. I can't wait to read it. And we will have a link for that. And so you can pre-order that book. We'll have a link for that in our show notes. But Getting into the word and staying in the word so you can see those speed bumps because they do reflect what's going on in the spirit inside of you and how you are to respond to God and come alive. And if you don't have that, I don't know how you can have a relationship with God right. if you're not getting that regular intake. And I'm surprised at how many people don't regularly read the word. Right. I'm. I do a Bible reading program. I can get through the Bible in a year and it takes me 12 minutes if I read slowly. Every oh, wow. day. Twelve minutes. And I'm like, Can you
2: is it possible that people don't have twelve minutes a day to read? <laughs> <You> <laughs> Maybe probably, but like, you know come To on. be fair, you read a lot faster than everybody. All right, even well, your slow is probably faster than most people. Right, you we'll, are freakishly we'll, good. Well <laughs> double it, Do you Just make it twenty minutes, you know? It's like all right. You know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I would say the whole two way dialogue thing, I think the best way someone ever even pointed that out to me is that have you ever tried playing catch with someone who never threw the ball back to you? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? I was like, why would I? He's like, well, it's probably how God feels with most people <laughs> when it comes to. I said, oh my gosh. <laughs> great point. <laughs> uh, exactly. It is a
1: good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of what she's saying.
2: Yeah. And I completely agree with her. No, it was, it was great having her. It's great to have all these insights from people in Hollywood that are influencing the influencers. And I'm glad we continue to cross paths with people of Hollywood I wholeheartedly believe Hollywood is going to be one of the biggest influencers in terms of church culture, even, and not just the secular culture. So the fact that we're connecting with people from Hollywood, I do feel like it really is a God ordained thing. And it's not just coincidental because of the people that we're crossing paths with.
1: Yeah. And I'm really thankful for people like Phil and Kathleen, who who not only are light and salt in Hollywood themselves, but they are also reaching out beyond that. They are one of the the most just welcoming people that I, I've encountered in a long time. And that's just like, yeah, how can we help? Kind of just engaging. And yeah. I just love that. And I think you're absolutely right. And our guests over the last you know, I guess we could call this, you know, kind of Hollywood month, really, because we've been spending a lot of time in our podcasts. Uh, talking about that but it is a very influential area and of course it's something that all of us have preconceptions about and notions about and it's helpful if we're going to have a bold idea to understand all these things that are happening and how important multimedia is and and the entertainment industry as well and even how we use social media and all the rest it's hard to see an intersection in many ways that doesn't cut through la in some way (laughs) so we need to know about it
2: that's right That's right. Wholeheartedly agree. Well, if you are listening to this and you enjoyed this episode, just so you know, you can find the show notes at theboldideapodcast.com forward slash 32 and we would love to just hear your thoughts on anybody that we have including this show so if you would leave a comment for us on the show notes or on social media or even better you can give us a call at 612-568-IDEA 612-568-4332 and more importantly if you could please get the word out and talk about us and share it with your friends or even Go to boldideapodcast.com forward slash review and write us a review on iTunes or Stitcher and that web link will take you to it and make it really easy for you. And if anything, if you just want to sign up for our show notes, so they come to you automatically, again, just go to boldideapodcast.com. And that is it for now. This is Armin Asadi. And Larry
1: Gates. But I do have one thing to ask you, Armin. Do you know what the word pronoid means? Pronoid. No, I have no clue. Pronoid means it's like paranoid, but it's the idea that people or the feeling that people are saying good things about you behind your back. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, so friends, we do want you to be (laughs) pronoid review our show. Let us know what you think. And again, this is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi saying so long. You've been listening to the
0: bold idea podcast to get our show notes sent to your inbox visit boldideapodcast.com.